following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. I want to speak to you this morning about baptism. And I want to speak to you this morning about how we view baptism as a church. There's a scripture in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 16. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to it. Mark 16, 15 to 16. And uh, this is what it says. Let me read it to you. Verse 15, he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who believes and is baptized, I, I need for you to notice that, is first comes the believing and then comes the baptism. See, we are strong in this church that believing must come before baptism, not after. You don't get baptized and then believe. You first believe and then get baptized. But there's a journey in order to get here. And I just think it's really important for us to understand that we're all on a journey. How many of you know that we're on a journey? Every single one of us are on a journey. It doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter how young you are. You're on a journey. Now, we as Christians... I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Because I'm a Christian, I have responsibility. To whom much is given, much is required. And one of my responsibilities is this commissioning that's given to me in Mark chapter 16. And this commissioning to me means to somehow intersect with people on their journey. People are on a journey and they're going somewhere, but I'm called to intersect with them on their journey and give them a message from heaven. How wonderful it is to intersect with people on their journey and give them a message. Because I honestly believe that right across the world today, God is calling people into relationship with Him. And every single one of you that are seated here, that, that are Christians, you became a Christian because you heard God calling you and you responded to that call. I, I just think it's just one of the most beautiful things that can happen for a person is to hear God calling and respond to that calling. But what, what happens to a lot of people is that they, they feel the drawing, they feel the calling, but they don't know how to respond. They don't know what it is. They sense that there's a God in heaven and, and they feel a love and a drawing. But what they need is God people to share the message with them. And that's the most wonderful privilege that there is, to be a messenger from God, sharing a message from heaven to people that would not otherwise know. And so for us as a church, that's one of the great privileges that we have. We are the God people with the God message. And so for us, Christmas is five weeks away. How many of you understood that it's five weeks away? you got the countdown happening. How many of you are shocked right now to hear that Christmas is five, sun it's five Sundays today? You'll be in church. Actually, by this time, 
Christmas Day, we'll be done and going home. We start at 9.30, we'll be finished at 10.30. Some of you will still be hanging around at 11, but most of you will be going home. And now, five Sundays away, and, and, and I feel this incredible responsibility here on the North Shore to declare God's message on Christmas Day. See, for us, Christmas is not just tinsel and lights and decorations. It's the message of God. There's a message from God that He wants His people to know. And what's that message? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I think I heard that when I was a little kid in Sunday school. I've heard it all of my life. How many of you heard it first of all in Sunday school? How many of you have heard it most of your life? Can I tell you that you're privileged? Can I tell you that you're incredibly privileged to have heard that message? Because there's still a a third of the world's population that have never heard that God loves them. And gave his son to die for them. And so this is the message that God wants us to intersect with people. That God loves the world. That Jesus came to save sinners. That Jesus died upon the cross. Paying the penalty for all of our sins. How many of you know that that all of us carry the guilt of past mistakes? Has anyone not ever made a mistake? Is there anyone here that has never, ever made a mistake? You've always done everything perfect. Is there anyone here like that? Not one hand's gone up. That means that every single one of us has made a mistake. Is that right? Come on, this is, this is your point of agreement with me. Huh? Because we've all made mistakes. And the Bible tells us that there's a penalty for sin. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. But then this is the love of God that Jesus paid the penalty. He died in our place. And that's the gospel message that Jesus died upon the cross in our place. And when his blood was being spilt upon the cross, his blood was shed for you and his blood was shed for me. And I am one of these people that believe that the blood of Jesus is able to wash away every single one of my sins. Is there anybody else that believes that here today? That the blood of Jesus has power to forgive every single one of your sins. There is not one sin that cannot be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you're going to clap, you might as well do a good clap on that point. Never get tired. I never get tired. I never get tired of declaring that the blood of Jesus is able to cleanse us from all sin. Then the Bible tells us that Jesus died, but on the third day, he rose from the dead. How marvelous, how beautiful is that? We don't worship a God who is dead. We worship a God who is alive. Then he ascended into heaven and sat at the right hand of the Father. 
And one day we believe that Jesus is coming back and we are going to live with him forever and ever in heaven. That we are not people who are destined for hell, but we are people who are destined for heaven. Our destiny is to live with God forever and ever in a place called heaven where the streets are made of gold, where there'll be no more crying, there'll be no more sorrow, there'll be no more grief. God is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes and we'll live with Him forever and ever as those who are perfect, perfect people in a perfect heaven. Why? Because we've been washed. We've been cleansed. We've come to the place called Calvary, the foot of the cross, where the blood that Jesus shed has washed us and cleansed us. I believe that message. Is there anyone here that believes that message? Is there anyone here that says, I believe that Jesus died for me, that he rose from the dead, and my sins are forgiven? Now, these are the steps, the the simple steps. Here's the pilgrim on his way through life, wondering what it's all about, being told, being told by so many voices, well, you've got to go to school, you've got to get an education, you've got to make money so that you can get married, have a house, make your children comfortable when they come so that they can do exactly what you've done, be born, go to school, get an education, so they can go to work, get a house, so they can get married, have children, and they then do the same. Come on, folks. Is, is that all there is to life? Is that really the meaning of life? So what happens is people are on the journey until from left field, they're intersected by a born-again Christian that says, Hey, I've got a message for you. Life is not just about the endless rat run, but there's a God in heaven who loves you. There's a God in heaven who sent his son to die upon the cross for you. There's a God in heaven that wants to give you understanding of what this life is all about. And they preach the gospel. And all of a sudden, this pilgrim believes the gospel, believes the story of the Bible. Now, what happens at that point is, is it's not as if they stop doing the good things that they've done. But what they do stop doing is the bad things. Because when you're born again, you, you receive the Spirit of Christ that enables you to produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these beautiful gifts that the fruit of the Spirit, and so we become God people. And then Jesus says, hey, if you believe this, and you've been transformed by this, then I want you to do one more thing. And what's that? I want you to get baptized as a sign that you're one of my people. What happens when people go into the water? It's symbolic that all their sins have been washed away. See, see, their sins are actually washed away when they pray the prayer of salvation. Bible says, 
Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so what we have in our church is this prayer of salvation, which is calling upon the name of the Lord. What's the prayer of salvation? Oh, the prayer of salvation is the most important and magnificent prayer that you can ever pray. But you've got to pray it from your heart. You can't pray it like a parrot. You can't pray it by rote. You can't go to catechism class and learn to do this. It's got to come from your heart. It's got to come from within. It's got to come from revelation. And it's as simple as A, B, C. See, the prayer of salvation involves, first of all, A, for admitting that I've made mistakes. What an incredible thing it is for a human being to put up their hand and admit, I've made mistakes. I'm not perfect. I've sinned. I've offended God in my sins, and I'm willing to put up my hand and admit it. How many of you have done that? How many of you already done that? You've put up your hand and you've admitted that you're a sinner. You've admitted that you've made mistakes. You've admitted and you're not ashamed of admitting it. Put up, give me a wave. All those that have admitted they've made mistakes. That's awesome. Then B is simply for believing. Believing that Jesus paid the penalty for my sins, believing that he shed his blood to wash away every single one of my sins, believing that on the third day he rose from the dead, believing that this is God's word. How many of you believe that? How many believe that there's a Christmas story that talks about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? That there's an Easter story that talks about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ? And there's an Easter Sunday story that talks about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? And to you, they are not fables, but they are truth. And you believe that. Is there anyone this morning that can say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I tell you, I'm getting excited just talking about the baptism because this is the foundation of truth. Do you believe that? I believe it with all of my heart. And then C is simply for confessing. Confessing Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. I'm not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of confessing that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed of him. And because I'm not ashamed of him, he's not ashamed of me. And when that day comes that the Bible calls the judgment day, and we're all going to stand before the judge of the universe, And we're going to stand there by ourselves with nobody around us, but stand in front of the judge of the universe. I want the Lord Jesus Christ to say to the judge of the universe, I know John Giuliano. He's not ashamed of me, and neither am I ashamed of him. Father, let him in to the kingdom of God. He's received me. He's been washed by my blood. He's been sanctified. He's been justified. He's been purified he's been set aside because he loves me not ashamed not ashamed of Jesus 
not ashamed to confess him as my Lord and Savior. A, admit. B, believe. C, confess. Nine people this morning that are getting baptized have done those three things. Some of them are old, some of them are young, some of them are in between. But the fact is they've done it and you're never too old, nor are you too young. What we won't do is baptize before they can believe. But if they can believe, we'll baptize them. And I think little Maddie is the youngest. How old's Maddie? She's 10. That's wonderful. How old were you when you were baptized, Dan? 12. I was 13. But we were believers at that point. And so this morning, we're going to baptize these beautiful people as a sign that they've admitted their sins believe that Jesus died for them and are willing to confess him as their Lord and Savior. Come on, let's give them a big welcome as they come. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Center Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 